I don't know. <laughs> Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and around the world. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and put your feet up. It is time for the late night fright right here on WIKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. What have we got tonight? Tonight. We have the classic 1954 Universal Monster movie, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Is it safe to go in the water? I don't think so. I am the Coyote. You are listening to the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and all of you boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very creaturey co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what are we talking about tonight on the show? Creature from the Black Lagoon. And before we get too far into this episode, what did you think of The Creature from the Black Lagoon? This movie is incredible. I think it's incredible, too. So good. This is continuing our October, and here in the month of October, we have been doing classic universal monsters. Faith, let's talk about some of the monsters that we've talked about this month. We did The Bride of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. We did The Invisible Man. We kicked things off with The Mummy. We are ending this month. Well, actually, we had one more. Forgot one from last week. The Phantom of the Opera from 1925, starring the great Lon Chaney. We're ending this month with The Creature from the Black Lagoon, their great monster movie of the 50s, a sci-fi horror action picture, really, if you Mm -hmm. you want to get technical about it. This movie is a lot of fun. Uh, As always, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening to our little show, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a return listener, thank you as always for your continued support. We appreciate each and every one of you out there. This has been one of our biggest months in the history of the show. And Faith, this seems to be something that's on repeat with us when we get towards the end of the month and we see the numbers coming in that we say, thank you so much for contributing to our biggest month. And the months are getting bigger that is all due to the listeners out there we are so happy that that the show is doing well and as we've said before we would do this show if we had two listeners we're happy to say we don't have just two <laughs> listeners we have a, we have a lot more than that but thank you all out there from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in so faith i have something before we get into it i would like to share with our listeners because we did an episode on twin peaks didn't mm-hmm, we? we did that episode faith that's available wherever where, podcasts can be found yes of course. Uh, yes <laughs> you're shameless and i like that episode quite a lot i, I thought i thought we did a pretty good job mm-hmm. with that 
There's a gentleman in the internet world. He's on the YouTube, as they call it. That's what the kids on the street call it, Faith. The YouTube. Wow. <laughs> uh, it goes by the handle Twin Perfect. That is uh, the YouTube channel name, Twin Perfect. This week, he released a video called Twin Peaks Finally Explained. This is a four and a half hour video. Okay. It's just one big video. I hope in the future that he does cut it into sections to make, you know, just for, for right. the sake of brevity, you know, so you can watch a 20 minutes in a sitting kind of thing. But anyway, four and a half hours. Every piece of this is integral to his theme, to what he is building towards the explanation here. And let me tell you something. I've watched a lot of Twin Peaks videos. I've heard a lot of different analysis. I've heard a lot of different ideas of what this show is really about. Is this the definitive answer? I think it's pretty damn close. I don't want to give anything away to the listeners out there. This is a fascinating look into the world of David Lynch and Mark Frost. I highly recommend it. I watched it all in just about one sitting <laughs> and an hour and a half had passed and I didn't even realize it. It's that good. He uses uh, text. You know, he puts mm -hmm. everything in context. He, he uses examples from the shows he uses in uh, research into David Lynch. A lot of work went into this. And here's the thing, Faith, when I was watching it, I never went, no, no, I went, <laughs> yes. Like everything, everything light makes sense. Coming light on. bulbs. <laughs> yes. Some ideas that you and I had on the show, mm -hmm. I think are present. So we weren't far off on thematic aspects of it, but uh, it's, cool. it's a great watch. I highly, highly recommend it for everybody out there. But we're not here to talk about Twin Peaks tonight. We're here to no. talk about the creature from the Black Lagoon, a yes. final in our universal monster movie cycle here in October. But Faith, we can't talk about the creature from the Black Lagoon, can we? We can't. We have a little bit of business, don't we? Oh, we do. Faith, what time is it? It's time for the news. Time for the news. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and while breast cancer is no laughing matter, the boys of Cozy Corner Middle School giggle every time they hear the word breast. Some older kids do too. Burt Biederman, host of Bustin' Balls, which airs right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, has retained the services of local lawyer Gwynny Goop in an attempt to stop all media outlets and shopping malls from playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Goop says this case is a landmark civil rights issue. Bert Biederman says that the music, quote unquote, pisses him off. And if you need two months of commercial Christmas cheer to get you into the holiday spirit, you can all kiss my grizzled ass. Good luck, Bert. We support you. I definitely support I that. I do too. A gill man, a half man, half fish creature has been seen around Cozy Corner. The creature is wearing a pair of Dickies work pants and a wife beater undershirt. Video surveillance footage from the Cozy Mart, a convenience store here in Cozy Corner, captured the creature breaking into the store and stealing a six-pack of Old Milwaukee. If you have any information on the creature, contact Sergeant Frank Monday of the CCPD. Frightening. Terrifying. Very. Terrifying things. Faith, we are at the end of October. We have yes. been doing this show since Feb September. September, February. We've been doing it since February. 
That is uh, September. That should be a month, September. September. Should, yes. So that is, uh, what is that, Faith? That's uh, eight months? Mm-hmm. Is that eight months? Eight full months of the late mm-hmm. night fright. And do you know who has not been on this show yet, Faith? Robert England. Robert England. He played Freddy Krueger, I believe. I think so. Now, we've written. We uh, we haven't called. But we've sent messages, and we've written handwritten notes and, uh, uh, you know, emails and... Um, Instagram messages to him, and we have not heard anything. Now, I like to think, and I'm going to continue saying this, I like to think that he just hasn't gotten those messages. I think that's, yeah, I think so, too. That's it. He just hasn't gotten those messages because we are two of his biggest fans, and I know that if he knew we were out here wanting him to come on the show, that he would come on the show. So, But then we had the thought that maybe, possibly, you know, he had gotten our message. And, you know, people of that, you know, caliber of talent, you know, they need, they have writers, they have contracts, you know, and they have writers in their contract that they get things. Should they make an appearance, you know, talk shows and, and things like that always, you know, give these people money. So, you know, we've been sweetening the pot for him, you know, Mm -hmm. so right now we're offering him a $5 bill Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to make sure that is a crisp $5 bill, a can, well, a bag of aluminum cans that he can bring to a recycling center and he can, you know, collect the money on. Anything he wants from the dollar menu at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Last week I offered him a 32 ounce old Milwaukee tall boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got to sweeten the pot, Faith. What you got this week? Okay. I have a used computer bag. Okay. It works. Okay. It works. It's just old. You know, it probably needs a little job, you know, it needs to be sewn in a, in a few places. But I have an old computer bag. Now, listen, you can put a computer in this, okay? You can put, other, you can use it as a carry-on on an airplane, okay? Like, like you can put your old Milwaukee tall boy in the computer bag. You can put your, ta- you can take your Taco Bell home with you, you know, in this old computer bag. I'm a, I'm, I don't think that the cans are going to fit in the old computer yeah, bag. But you can put his one crisp $5 bill. His one crisp $5 bill in this uh, used computer bag. And this computer bag is black and orange. So it's kind of a Halloween theme. So this is what I'm offering you, Robert Englund. This is what I'm offering you. Just come on the show. We love you. That's a wonderful deal. Do you have anything you want to offer, Robert? Um, Faith will make cake balls. Yes, (laughs) Faith will make cake balls if you come on the show, Robert England. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the news. Never gets old, does it, Faith? No. Never, never gets old. Faith, do you have a <laughs> mouthful of ice right now? I do. <laughs> My co-host has a mouthful of ice. Mm-hmm. We're live. We're not even editing that out. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna go to break. Faith is. Oh, she's red in the face. This is hysterical. <laughs> I am Dan, and she is Faith, and we will see you on the other side with the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs>
playlist of the straight dope WKMF Cozy Corners number one rated radio show why do people love the straight dope because they want the straight dope on the straight dope join me this week for an east west shootout we've got brown LA Hayes going up against Long Island Chill promises to be really exciting I'm also going to talk about my favorite Jimmy Buffett tracks and um, some of my favorite smoking paraphernalia this promises to be really really exciting I, um, I hope you tune in or not I, I really don't care the straight dub with Harrison Ford, the big HF, only on. What is this again? It's WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, Harrison. Yeah, whatever. This is Bart Biederman, Cozy Corner's resident old bastard, and I got a new radio show. It's called Busting Balls with Bert. Are you tired of PC culture? Are you tired of everybody not having a sense of humor and wearing their feelings on their goddamn sleeves? Join me for busting balls with Bert, cause I'm gonna bust all their balls, and if you don't like it, you can kiss my grizzled ass. Hey, music's too loud, turn on the goddamn music. I'm Scott Rice, host of Laser Beams. Pew pew, that's laser with a Z and beams with a Z. I'm also the host of Trekkies. That's Trekkies with a Z. Zoom, zoom. I'm here with a new show right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. And I'm bringing a friend. That's right, Scott, it is I, Lothar, wielder of the wand of wussification. Hey, Scott, do you like comic books? I love comic books, and that's why we have a new show, Bags and Boards. That's Bags with a Z and Boards with a Z. Flip, flip. Join us each week as we talk about all things comic book related. What do we have this week, Lothar? This week we're going to be talking about Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. Click, click. Why did you go click, click? Because he's a photographer, you noob nozer. I knew that I was testing you. Join me, Scott Rice, with my good friend Lothar for Bags and Boards. Flip, flip. Every now on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Excelsior. This song is really good. Superman! Woof woof!
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and she no longer has a mouthful of ice. With me, as always, is my co-host, Faith. Hey, Faith. Hi, Dan. <laughs> you did, though, didn't you? You had a mouthful of ice. I did. I had no idea we were recording. I'm, we, when we come, I'm so parched of you. <laughs> when we come out of the uh, the tune, I always say, hey, are you always give a little heads up. And always. The one time i didn't i didn't give the heads up she had a mouthful of ice and you know what we're leaving it in because it was too funny it was it was too good too good of an opportunity to pass up so faith um we didn't get a chance to talk about it after the news we apparently have a half man half fish gill man here in cozy corner that um stealing old milwaukee yeah so i got a note passed to me here that our science editor Dr. Palladium is going to be with us at the end of this segment to give us an update. He has analyzed this and uh, might have an answer for us as to what this creature might be. All right. I'm more concerned about the outfit. I don't don't know at this point if I want to know what the creature is. (laughs) I know. We don't have a good track record here in Cozy Corner with things like this. Um, Lord help us. Faith, are you ready to take a trip on the Rita up the Amazon to the Black Lagoon? Yes, I am. As I said earlier, we are finishing out the month of October with the last of the classic Universal monsters, the Gill Man. He is the star of the 1954 classic creature feature, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. This film was released on February 12, 1954. It was directed by Jack Arnold and features absolutely beautiful underwater sequences. The screenplay is by Harry Essex and Arthur A. Ross from a story by Maurice Zim. While at a rap party for the classic 1941 film, Citizen Kane producer William Alland was treated to a tale told by cinematographer Gabriel Figueroa about a race of half-man, half-fish creatures that lived in the Amazon. Alland gave the story to Zim, who fleshed out the story. Uh, so long before Jaws terrorized moviegoers, we have the creature, the Gill Man. What do you think of this classic 50s sci-fi horror film? I think it's wonderful. I think it's beautiful. Loved it. Everything about it. We say this a lot about these movies. Uh, this could be one of the best in the canon. And uh, really, all of them are the best in the <laughs> canon. And the, uh, the movies that are considered to be the essential universal films and that would be dracula frankenstein the invisible man the mummy bride of frankenstein uh the claude reigns phantom of the opera is usually included in that number and then you have uh the gill man here and uh this is the last of the universal horror cycle i think this is a fantastic movie this is a great horror movie it's a great science fiction movie it's just a great movie. I think it this is. is one of those movies that everybody needs to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of transcends genres and transcends its own genres. Own genre, not genres. <laughs> I got ice in my mouth now, Faith. See what you did? So director Jack Arnold said his intention with the picture was to terrorize. Do you think he accomplished his goal? I think so, yes. I think he did very well. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it does have some real creepy crawly moments and I love how they establish it just using visuals and music because right at the beginning uh the hand that great design and we're going to get to the design of the creature here. That hand has such a beautiful webbing to it and that that look and uh even though this is black and white it's got life to I it. I was just thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. And when that hand comes up and out of the water and hits the bank and you hear that little theme, um, 
really nice, iconic, terrifying moments. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to, I have, we have, we have a note here on some of those great moments, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think Mr. Arnold definitely um, accomplished his goal. No, I, I definitely think, so. think he did. <laughs> so before we get to the star of the picture, the cast here, in my opinion, is excellent. We have Richard Carlson, Julia Adams, Richard Denning, Antonio Moreno, and many others. Julia Adams says the cast got along very well during filming, and I think it shows. What do you think of the cast here, and were there any standouts to you? I love the cast. This is a really great group of people. Um, what did we What did we mention the other day? What were we talking about in another movie? Predator. No, oh, the the movie we released on Sunday. Dolomite is my ah, name. Ah, Dolomite about is my name, the yes. The cast. I feel like this is, the cast felt like a family in a way. Yes. They're really good. Yes, they, they, they do. That comes across across to me. Um, it, um, I was doing research after I watched the movie, and, and one of the notes I made as I was, I always write and take notes as I'm watching, mm-hmm. was that this cast feels very, uh, you know, like family. Mm-hmm. And turns out, yeah. They, they really were. Uh, Miss Adams said that they got along like gangbusters. And she said as difficult as some of this was, it was always fun and joyful. And she said years later, she just recently passed. She mm-hmm. I think she may have been the last of the major um, players in it to, to still be with us. She passed uh, earlier this year. And uh, I think she was absolutely beautiful. I mm-hmm. really do. And uh, she said that um, as difficult as it could be, you know, it was joyful going to work with the people, and they just loved the idea in the movie yeah. and all that. And and she was definitely one of my favorites in this movie. She's the standout to yeah. me uh, because she carries so much of it being the only female mm-hmm. in it. And I never feel like she's exploited for exploitation's sake. I right. do feel because they make the crack about going further down the Amazon with a woman earlier in the movie. She more than holds her own Mm -hmm. in this. And and I don't, I'm not saying that it was a uh, quote unquote progressive movie, but I'm saying that it doesn't feel exploitive. I don't feel that she's just a damsel in distress. Exactly. Yeah. I never got the vibe that this was, you know, a movie of them just having, you know, like you said, this pretty woman to be in the film. I feel like she really had a purpose of being there and they never treated her like. She shouldn't or anything, you know. Yeah, and and I don't want to defend the crack about we have a woman with us. We can't go further down the Amazon. It was more just like, hey, this is going to be really bad. Do you want to go? Like, (laughs) you know, I I, I didn't feel like, uh, you know, a lot of those movies uh, sometimes can be taken the wrong way from this time. I didn't feel like this was one of those. I loved her. I did too. I I absolutely loved her. I loved Richard Carlson. I think he was really... Uh, nice. And for some reason, I, I yes. told you before the show here, reminded me of William Shatner in Star Trek, the, the series, for some odd reason. I don't know why. Cut from the same cloth. Uh, the actors seem to be cut from that same cloth. He has that um, very... Uh, uh, some of his delivery, the way he spoke, yeah. I just got a, a Shatner vibe from Shatner him. Shatner <laughs> vibe. And kind of the, the leadership skill, yeah. you know, that he has, too, yeah. that Shatner, that, Definitely. that that manly quality that uh, mm-hmm. early 60s, mid 60s Shatner had, you know, he, he mm-hmm. had, you know, it must have been something in the water. Right? So. Must have been. <laughs> must have been. Um, I, I loved everybody in the cast. I, you know, she's my favorite, but I'm with you on Carlson. Uh, I think Richard Denning as the antagonist, mm-hmm. as it is, is really wonderful. Yeah. Everybody just has. We talk about Star Wars before, uh, the way that the cast operated in Star Wars. Uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher all have their boxes that they play in. And 
these actors seem to be very aware of what box that they're supposed to be in as a right. character and they play in that box you know because there's comic relief everybody's yeah. doing what they need to be doing and uh this correct me if i'm wrong this feels like the biggest ensemble piece that we've done of these with these universal movies like that's really kind of built around you mm-hmm. know a lot of actors you know in one location yeah. you know moving together so uh they do it's a great job yeah it's a really great, great job. job so well here we go the gill man mm-hmm. he was portrayed on land by ben chapman and in the water by riku browning who would hold his breath for up to four minutes during some takes, if you can believe that. Wow. Uh, this is one of the most influential creature designs of all times. Disney animator Millicent Patrick did the lion's share of the work on it, although head of the makeup department Bud Westmore would for years claim the majority of the credit. Can you believe that? Can you? Can you I mean, that's awful. I know. That's, I'm, I'm not being funny. That's awful. No, it really is. Uh, what do you think of the design here on the Gill Man? He's, he's he's cool looking and he's pretty creepy looking. <laughs> Those eyes and his mouth. Yeah, man. Me out. Oh, yeah. What did you think? Now, I don't have this here in the notes. What did you think of the design of this original Gill Man as compared to the Gill Man that we had in uh, the Monster Squad? Mm-hmm. Because he makes an appearance there. Um, what, did you, what did you think? I like of, this one. Okay. A lot better. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. He just he stands out more, I think, to me. I think, uh, yeah, just that face, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there's, uh, it's a mask, you know, foam rubber, but uh, it doesn't quite look fake, fake, Mm-mm. you know. Uh, it looks really good under the water, yeah. you know, when he's moving. He actually looks like he belongs in the yeah, water, he does. you know. And um, we're gonna get to one of the main points I want to make about this creature in a second, but he does elicit a. Uh, fear response mm-hmm. you know he's it's it's terrifying especially that first that first murder when he goes into yeah. the tent it's very creepy mm-hmm. it's uh you know and he is an animal that is uh protecting his domain uh as it's like we uh we encountered that with the creatures in the descent you know they're yes. they're protecting their uh territory right. he is doing that too mm-hmm. um but he's still scary yeah. you know there's a very scary element to him um so that brings it brings up to the point we've talked about all of the classic universal monsters now and with mm-hmm. the exception of the phantom of the opera all of them even dracula to some degree have gained a little bit of our sympathy do you feel sympathy for the creature it's this is something that I actually i've spent a lot of time thinking about reading these notes i don't really in in this movie i don't really have any sympathy for him is that weird no, no, no. It's 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 I, not. I, I, um, I get the whole vibe of you know I, the territorial aspect of him, right? And then I, I read a whole bunch of stuff. You know, he's he's searching for love because all the movies yeah. are him with these women and stuff. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really feel sympathetic for him much at all in this movie. Okay, this is interesting. Let me throw this out. <laughs> so, if he hadn't kidnapped the girl, mm-hmm. uh, Kay. Mm-hmm. And it was just a straight creature feature where he's defending his home. Do you think it would have been different? Mm. And I'm not trying to bring like a, you know, the uh, uh, a feminist view into this. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just like, do you think Possibly. that is where maybe the lack of sympathy comes from? I mean, probably. I mean, the whole stalking them and creeping on them when they can't see them is kind yeah. of, you know, what gets me. I mean. Yeah. I I I don't know if I feel sympathy for him or not. It's it, there's a, a tinge of it. That. It's like I'm just kind of like eh, I don't know, but not really. <laughs> there's a tinge of it, like you're the last of your kind, you know. And I and I get that you're lonely, bud. But it, it's also like, you know, it, he does seem to be um, 
you know, have some semblance of thought, you know, right. create, you know, there's obviously creative thought there. So I, I don't know. He could have waited. He could have waited it out. I know. You know, like, I think it's like the way he shows up randomly. Like, yeah. <laughs> just and just kills somebody. Like, I don't well, know. I, I got a taste for murder. I need it. You know, <laughs> yeah. no, but I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And maybe, maybe there is the element that he could have just waited it out, mm-hmm. you know, cause he could have hidden, you know, yeah. Um, so do you think it's a smart movie for its time? Because I feel like, you know, I'm going to say quote unquote here, uh, you know, scientifically accurate, you know, right. I feel like it's trying to be smart. Yeah. I don't feel like it's just, Hey, here's the gill man. Right. He's going to come and kill you. Oh, and here's the girl, you know, swimming in the Amazon right. river, you know? Yeah. I think it was smart. I mean, I think for this time frame and the things that they were using to talk about, I never felt, you know, too lost or, or even again, like, you know what's really happening. I feel like the story with the science yeah. stuff was done really well. Yeah. So I, I like the smart. setup for it with the, you know, they find the fossil and mm-hmm. they want to go back and look. And I like the way that they explain, and this is where it comes in. Cause I'm not a scientist and, and I know you're not either. You know, it's like, uh, they could have been telling me, you know, you know, directions to make ramen noodles or something, <laughs> you know, and I would have been, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, but from a screenplay standpoint, I feel like they were doing a great job of explaining like, even like this is what we're going to be doing. I got to thinking, I don't know how prevalent the idea of like carbon dating and things like that were in the public consciousness at that time. So for a movie from this time to be getting into what we're going to date the rock, like date the rock. And then we're going to do this, like going through the scientific method that I don't know if that's what they would have been employing, but I like the fact that they were trying to be smart, you know, and tell you what they were doing, that they weren't just out there. Like I said, we're not scientists, but I feel like they knew what they were doing and (laughs) it wasn't uh, too fake or anything, you know? Yeah. This movie, like so many of the universal movies that we've talked about, has some really iconic images. What did you think of the iconic images here? Because we have, you know, the underwater stuff is beautiful. The stuff of her swimming Mm -hmm. is absolutely iconic. Him carrying her is the image from this movie what did you think of those iconic images i loved them they were probably some of my favorite um moments of this whole entire movie especially the underwater scenes yeah they're so pretty i like how you know when they're on land it's a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. just being underwater it's so much darker everything it's like pops from underwater it's just so yeah this is one of the greatest from this era um underwater movies i've seen this is 54 now the other great one that I've seen is uh, Thunderball with Sean Connery as uh, James Bond from six. That's eleven years later in '65. That's got some great underwater photography. But that one's in color, so I feel like uh, this being in black and white and that in color kind of encapsulate what they could do in right. this era underwater. But I think they did a hell of a good job. I think so with too, especially this. especially being black and white. I mean, you know, yeah. you can get kind of just what yeah. we're looking for. I mean, there's not much to see, you know, black and white. But I think they did so good with. With stuff popping out, the bubbles coming up. Yeah. I thought it was so pretty. Yeah. There was there's real tension in those scenes too, mm-hmm. especially when he's out there and stalking and, yeah. and and even little things like, you know, he swipes, you know, and you yeah. see that and the bubbles come up. And uh Riku Browning, um, you know, he he deserves a lot of praise for this, for for his uh stunt work yeah. underwater, you know, being able to hold his breath for four minutes. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. And, <laughs> and I think he and uh uh Todd Browning did uh no Ben Chapman, I'm sorry. Ben Chapman and Riku Brown. I always get them confused too. Todd Browning was a director of uh, Dracula. Um, they did a great job, you know, because uh, you know one of them was underwater, one was on land. But I thought um, he did a great job. Uh, 
establishing him on land with uh, the walk. You know, it's not I wouldn't say it's an iconic walk like Frankenstein or something like that, but just his movements, you know, right. and some of that may have been dictated by the suit because I understand the suit was very heavy and uh, very hot could imagine. and he couldn't sit down in it and he would uh, stay in like the pool and they would hose him down it's like to stay cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of that was dictated by the suit, but I, I there is a sense of, of, you know, this, this creature, right. you know, in there that, you know, it, it goes beyond like guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For, for me, definitely. And, um, you know, you mentioned the two people playing him water versus land. I feel like they do a really good job though of, Kind of being cohesive with, you yes. know, you, you never really think to yourself, oh, yeah. how many people are playing this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I didn't know that until I saw these notes and stuff. So, I mean, I would have never, would have never have thought that. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an iconic monster. It it's is. part of the, part of the popular culture. Uh, so this movie, it has a great score featuring contributions from Henry Mancini, Hans J. Salter, and Herman Stein. How'd you like it? I loved it. I did too. I liked that little theme they had for mm-hmm. him, the little three, four note little motif, and it played every time you saw him, the mm-hmm. little motif. And basically why it has so many uh, composers, I don't know who got the credit on the film, but uh, it was basically, you know, it was staff. They were all on the staff, and right. they basically took 15 minutes apiece. You know, they were helping each other out. And uh, But I do believe that it's uh, Herman Stein's music that is the uh, identifiable uh, motif that we associate with the creature. I think it's a great score. I think so. It's very fitting for this yeah, movie. Yeah, for this movie. Very yeah. fitting, yes. Yeah. Would you be surprised to know that director Jack Arnold directed the majority of the Brady Bunch episodes? Yes. Would that surprise you? It surprised me when I was doing the research. I was like, really? Yes. Like, I, I love really? that show. So I guess I would have never. You know, I've never really been into the Brady Bunch. I, I like I like it. I watched it, I guess, when I was little a lot. So I never did. I never watched it when I was little. I like the movies. I really yeah, do like, see, the I like the movies. I like the TV show more than the so. movies. Yeah. Um, where does this film and creature stack up for you and the creature features we've discussed so far? Because so far we've done them, Godzilla, and this movie, Black Lagoon. And also, I want to add another question here. Can you see its influence on something like Predator or the, or possibly even The Thing? Mm-hmm. So I th- I, it's tough because it's kind of mixed up right now between this and Godzilla. But I think I think Godzilla might be... Just inching its way a little more. God, Godzilla, to me, uh, is just a little more socially relevant. Yeah. You know, and still socially relevant. Right. This is just the kick-ass movie that right. you go to and have a good time Yeah, there'd at. be like Godzilla, this movie, and then them. Them, yeah. But it's really, I mean, they're all, they're all great. So amazing. Yeah. Um, And, and then you asked about Predator. influences. I definitely can see this, especially in the stalking element and, you know, them not being able to see him watching them. <laughs> yeah, well, when I was watching it and I started thinking, I was like, this is Predator. Like, <laughs> these are people going, you know, a group of people going to a place mm-hmm. far away where they're away from everybody uh, in the jungle <laughs> on a mission, on a mission. And uh, they encounter something that they were not expecting that starts killing them. And I was like, this is Predator. This is great. Like, <laughs> like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you can definitely see it. Uh, I think also too, just the uh, claw—I I say claustrophobic—but the nature of you're trapped, right? You know, with the thing, with the with Outpost Thirty One and the thing. Yes. But then also, and this might be reaching, may or may not be reaching. You can see its influence on something like Die Hard, where you're stuck in a place yeah. and you can't get out. Yeah, and, I can see that. And you have an antagonist, but the predator influence—my God, it's so—I see it <laughs> right there. 
so uh, several remakes have been planned and have not gone off the ground. There's a very interesting um, snippet on the Wikipedia page and in the trivia section of the IMDb. This movie has a very interesting uh, history attached to it of the remakes that didn't happen. John Landis wanted Jack Arnold to make a remake in 82, but that fell through. Uh, John Carpenter planned one. A lot of different people have been involved. The movie that won the Academy Award a few years ago, The Shape of Water, was Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo? Guillermo, there it is, del Toro. Uh, that he was attached at one point, and so his version of the creature became The Shape of Water, ended up winning the Academy Award. Um, is this a movie, Shape of Water, notwithstanding? Uh, it's technically not a creature movie. Uh, did you want to see Remade? Oh, I think you kind of know how I feel about remakes. <laughs> yes. yes. Know, I'm not huge on them. So, I mean... I don't know if I really want one. If they made one, I'd possibly see it. Um, it's very rare that I watch remakes. But, I mean, it'd be cool to see, I guess, in, you know, yeah, anyway, but They alluded to him in the Mummy film that Tom Cruise did because there's, like, this whole backstory that they're establishing, you know, and you can see his uh, his uh, hand mm-hmm. in, a, in a glass jar in Russell Crowe's office, and that got me kind of excited when I saw that, that they were leading toward that shared universe that's not happening now. Um right. But uh, I don't know. This is so good, you know, and uh, I don't know that we that's, need one. Right. That's what I feel about a lot of these movies that they remake. It's just like, you know, leave them alone. They're so, they were so good. Right. Just, you know, but I mean. And there's two sequels. You know, if, if you need more Gill Man, you can go watch the sequels, <laughs> uh, Revenge of the Creature and The Creature Walks Among Us. Let me ask this, too. Now, have you seen The Shape of Water? No. I, I, I have not seen it. I know several people who have, and I have not seen it don't want to see it uh del toro the reason why he left the creature from the black lagoon remake was because he wanted the creature and the k character to get together because he felt bad that the romantic liaison does not come to fruition as they say and in the shape of water famously the romantic liaison does come to fruition and they have fishy animal sex in that movie how, how do you feel about that because that just i'm going that's where you're coming from man uh, <laughs> like, i don't buy that <laughs> i don't i i don't know that i blame them for going no on that yeah yeah i don't blame the studio for going uh we don't share that vision right <laughs> that's know? that's yeah i don't know that just that sits a little funny with me i don't know <laughs> And as we both know, you know, we're both not prudes, but I just, uh, just, I don't know, something. I've heard it's kind of disconcerting, too. I can imagine. <laughs> I must say, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, uh, October, October's at an end. We've had all the classic Universal monsters. Do you have a favorite creature and do you have a favorite film? Oh, that is a hard question. Those are very hard questions. <laughs> man. I think favorite film, man, Bride of Frankenstein, possibly. I'm going with Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. It's really tough, though, because I've loved them all so much. I know, me too. The Invisible Man is up there, too. It's, yeah, me too. That's that's their tide. Favorite creature? Frankenstein probably takes yeah, the cake. Boris. Boris is the monsters. Yeah. Uh, I really kind of like Elsa Lanchester yeah. as the bride. She's special, I think. They've all been really great there. You've enjoyed I've every loved, single one of yes. these movies, haven't you? Yes. I'm so glad so, that we... And uh, yeah, me too. And as I said at the beginning, we've had a great month of downloads. Thank you all again 
for all of your support, and we hope that you've enjoyed our look back at these classic universal creatures. We have some fun stuff coming up in November. We have a lot of fun stuff, so stay tuned. We're going to keep you up to date on all that, and you can, of course, follow us on our social media, which is the Late Night Fright Podcast. That's our Instagram handle. Faith is I'm a normal alien on Instagram, and of course, you can follow us at www.latenightfright.com. Dot com and we will keep you up to date on all of the news coming out of Late Night Friday. But Faith, I think we have a pretty good November plan. I think you? so too, yeah. <laughs> and stay tuned. We have a special Halloween episode coming out tomorrow. And uh, for all of you out there, have a very safe and happy Halloween. Yeah. And we have our True Detective episodes that are running right now on Mondays. We're finishing up Creep Show and American Horror Story 1984. And we released a special uh, episode on Dolomite is my name, starring Eddie Murphy. Faith, that's a movie we both really, really enjoy. Oh, isn't yes. It? It's we hope all a of wonderful you, movie. We hope all of you out there get a chance to check it out. Well, we uh, we have a gill man here in Cozy Corner, and we have we our science editor, Dr. Palladium, is here. Now, he was asked by the Cozy Corner Police Department to come in and analyze. Uh, I don't know if they found something from the creature, like a scale or something. He's analyzed it and he has some answers for us and he's going to he's going to let us know when we get back from break what this creature is. So please stay tuned. You don't want to miss that. Faith, I'm terrified. I am too. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. I'm Lorena Luftlucket, better known as the Hammer because I'm smashing the glass ceiling of the patriarchy. Join me for my new show on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, The Power of Woman. This week's topic, the misogyny of water. I'll also be reading excerpts from my dream journal. Come smash the patriarchy with me, Lorena Luftluck at the Hammer, only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. The power. This is a coyote. Join me this Sunday at the Cozy Corner Pavilion for a special screening of the 1977 Burt Reynolds smash hit Smokey and the Bandit. This is one of my favorite movies, and maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea, but you know what? That's okay, because this movie is a warm cup of coffee, guaranteed to make you feel good on the coldest of days. We have a lot of special events. We're going to have a Burt Reynolds laugh impression contest. We're going to have a Burt Reynolds mustache contest. And we have an original Trans Am. One of the ones that was total during the filming of this fine piece of cinema for you to look at, take pictures with, and maybe even sit in if you're lucky. Music Guy will be on hand to perform the beautiful bandit theme written by Jerry Reed. Lever Cozy Corner's heaviest band will be on hand with a new arrangement of Eastbound and Down. That chestnut everyone knows. Come on out, folks. This promises to be one of the greatest celebrations you'll ever take part in. Smokey and the Bandit, this Sunday at the Cozy Corner Pavilion. Oh, 
Fried Rice, host of Laser Beams. Pew, pew. That's Laser with a Z and Beams with a Z with your laser update from Laser Lanes. Tonight's high score in laser tag was put up by the Big HF69. He had 810,000 points and 469 confirmed kills. That's kills with a Z. Also, Timmy's Taco Truck was on site providing excellent Mexican food. Jizzwad69 had so many burritos that he pooped himself. We all pointed and laughed at him because it was funny. You never know what's going to go down at Laser Lanes. Pew pew. Remember to join me, Scott Rice, for Laser Beams. Pew pew. Trekkies. Zoom zoom. And my new show, Bags and Boards. Flip, flip, only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, we have a lot of new shows premiering here on WKMF. Cozy Corner Public Radio. What do you think of this new crop? It's very interesting. Bert Biederman will be busting balls. We have The Power of Woman with Lorena Luftluckett, better known as The Hammer. And though it's not a radio show, our very own Coyote will be Sunday at the Cozy Pavilion promoting Smokey and the Bandit. I like that movie. That's a great movie. I love Burt Reynolds. I'm glad that he's keeping that spirit alive. And of course, our good friend Scott Rice. Boy, he's everywhere, isn't he? I know. He's everywhere. So, well, we are going to wrap up our discussion of Creature from the Black Lagoon. But first, we have an update from our science editor, Dr. Palladium, on the gill creature that is terrorizing. I don't even know if it's really terrorizing is the word for this. It's more uh, stealing old Milwaukee Mm -hmm. from uh, the residents here at Cozy Corner. And Dr. Palladium has an update on the situation. And Faith, I have a surprise for you because you know what we found in storage? What? We found the old WKMF news bumper music. And Dr. Palladium has asked that we play it behind him as he gives his report. So are you ready for this? Uh, I'm very ready. All right, here we go. Dr. Palladium, it is all yours. It is I, Dr. Palladium. I have indeed analyzed a scale from this gill creature. It shares DNA with a resident of Causey Corner. It is indeed the DNA of Junior Watson, everyone's favorite redneck. That would explain his love for old Milwaukee. I tried to lure the creature out with a schlitz, but it wanted no part of it. The Gilman comes from Junior Watson. How it happened, I do not know. It is a mystery. If I have anything else, I, Dr. Palladium, will let you know. Back to you. Thank you, Dr. Palladium. That was great hearing the old news uh, break music back. Yeah. Um, so apparently we have a gill creature who is in some way related to our favorite redneck 
Junior Watson. I think we should get him on the phone for this, don't you? Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and try and get him on the phone. But first, we're going to wrap up. Uh, anything else you'd like to add about Creature from the Black Lagoon? That, if you haven't seen it, you need to. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Wonderful movie. You can still feel its influence on movies like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Predator and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fun uh, action adventure sci-fi horror film. It's got a lot of elements in it. Absolutely. Great cast, great score, great creature. There's a lot of fun to be had here. It's a great uh, Saturday night movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, we have been doing this through the month of October. We have been picking uh, spooky music, as we call it. Uh, we've been switching off each week, picking a piece of score and a, and a popular song. So this week, I have the score, and Faith has the popular song. And by a coin toss that we did before the show, we have decided that I'm going to go first, and I have the score this week. And Faith said she would beat me with a jack-o'-lantern in a place that is not my head <laughs> if I did not pick this. But I told her not to worry because I was already picked before she threatened bodily harm on me. Faith, <laughs> would you like? I would like for you to introduce my pick for this week because this is from your favorite movie. I know he. I, I personally made him pick the Halloween theme by John Carpenter <laughs> from the 1978 yes. movie this is the original often imitated and never duplicated theme from Halloween and this to me just screams fall and horror movies yes. and this time of year and for all you music lovers out there a little bit of trivia it's in 5-4 it's in the time signature of 5-4 see if you can count along with it here it is Halloween by John Carpenter
Well, there it is. 1978's Halloween theme by John Carpenter, a piece I really, really like. I know you love it, too. Yes, I do. Wonderful pick. I don't yes. have to beat you now. You're, you're very welcome. And it's kind of funny because you have the pop music pick and you said uh, you said you better pick Halloween. And I said, well, only if you pick the Monster Mash by Bobby <laughs> Boris Pickett. And you were leaning this way anyway because this is one of our favorite tunes. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't this just a fun little it is. piece of work? <laughs> yes, I love this song. Yeah, I don't even think we should talk about it. I think we should just play just it. Play Can it. I say one thing about the Halloween theme, though? Sure. If that is a piece of music, if you're listening to the show and you just heard that for the first time, get out. I know. Get out. I mean, come back after after you watch yeah. all of the Halloween movies. But uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think even people who've never seen that movie know that music. So, well, here it is. Bobby Boris Pickett, The Monster Mash, No Halloween Party is complete without this one. We'll see you on the other side. Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the Monster Mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin, Rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is sent Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash The Monster Mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash 
As I said, no Halloween party is complete without Bobby Boris Pickett's Monster Mash. Big hit from the 60s. You like that one. I like I that love one. It. I think everybody kind of likes that one. So um, we we do indeed have a gill man here that is apparently related to our favorite redneck, Junior Watson. If you've been following the show, you know Junior Watson. He lives over there by the railroad tracks. And I am very sorry to say that we have him on the phone, and we're going to find out how exactly this this gill creature related to Junior Watson came about. Uh, you may want to turn down your volume right now. So, Faith, are you ready? I think so. Here we go. All right, Junior, you are on the late night fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. How is it that you and this gill creature are related to one another? Hey, it's Junior Walker. You there? Junior Watson, goddammit. Junior Watson, I'm on the railroad track. You know who I am, Faith. You down at Lake Night Frank, WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I know who you are. You better goddamn well know who I am. Junior Watson. All right. Goodness gracious, you don't have to scream. Anywho, uh, can you give us any information what's going on? Well, I think I know what that doctor man has been talking about. So one night, me and my lady, Sandonise Sampson, she works over there at that cupcake couture place or whatever it's called. She makes the cupcakes, she brings home the muffins to me. Anyway, one night, she didn't want to give it up. So you know what I did? I had a build up of diamonds. That's what I call it, because when it comes out of me, it sparkles like a diamond. Do you want to know about the track? You know who I'm talking about. Anyway, I got a ditch right there by that railroad track. So I went outside to uh, relieve myself. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, unfortunately I do. I went outside and jumped it. <laughs> anyway, I think my semen is irradiated because all them working over there at the power plant. I live by them power lines, you know, anyway, because it came out kind of a glowing because that power line has been humming. Hum, hum, hum. Anyway, the jizz that came out of me was all glowing and pulsating and it hit a tadpole and I ended up watching that semen intertwine with that tadpole and it started growing into that gill man and like his daddy, his Papa before him, he likes oatmeal, Walker. None of that slip bullshit. Wow. That's a story. God damn it, what if it's true? God damn it, god damn it, god damn it. Do you want to live by that tracks? I'll talk to you. Drink pick a head later. I'm gonna go find my boy. I feel like having a beer. And oatmeal, Walker. <laughs> Well, Faith, that was terrifying and informative. I should have answered that with a with a mouthful of ice. Yeah, you should have. Uh, apparently, uh, let me see if I can translate this. His semen became irradiated mm-hmm. from working at the nuclear plant mm-hmm. and from living by the power lines. And the semen, when he jerked off into a ditch... Because Shandonise, his girlfriend, didn't want to have sex with him, his irradiated semen 
melded with a tadpole in the ditch, and that is the gill man that is, I don't even think it's terrorizing Cozy Corner. I think it's just looking for old Milwaukee. Yeah. That would explain the outfit, though, because that is what Junior wears. Mm-hmm. That's, it's pretty terrifying, though, to me. We don't need any more Junior no. Walkers. Apparently, it doesn't like Schlitz. It only likes old Milwaukee. Well, it's always an adventure here in Cozy Corner, isn't it? Always. I hope they have a joyful father-son reunion. Oh, man. I don't know how he's going to explain that to Shandonese, but you know what? It's really none of our business. None at all. Well, there it is. You know what time it is, don't you? It's time to say goodbye. It's been a good show. It has. It got a little weird there at the end, though, didn't it? Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in. We know you have a lot of options with uh, how to spend your time. We're so glad you chose to spend a little time with us. Faith, I think it's time. Go for it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side. This is a coyote for the late night fright. We hope you enjoyed tonight's discussion on the creature from the Black Lagoon. We hope you got good vibes from it. We hope you take them vibes with you when you go out into the world. Because the world can be a very cold, dark place. Satan Claus is out there. But just remember, them good vibes fight Satan Claus. If you can't find the good vibes out there in the world, just look into your heart. They're waiting there for you. We'll see you next time.